Happy Friday. Financial independence. Not there yet, but getting there and taking you on the journey. Welcome to episode five. So it's been a while since last podcast and that is because I'm still getting used to this podcast malarkey. My original plan was to create the first four podcasts and then bank them, release them one by one, week by week, starting from going on a trip to the UK with my family. And that is exactly what I did, but I had a technology fail, which resulted in, boom, all the episodes being officially uploaded at once to mainstream podcast outlets with the old dates of when they were first published at Anchor. So not the best official launch, but a learning curve nonetheless. And this is a nice segue into the learning curve of financial independence I am currently on. So back to the juicy stuff you really want to hear. So in the last episode I gave you some insight into my family's mortgage dilemma and the possibility of buying another house. And as it has been a while I guess you'd like to know the outcome right? Well, without further ado, I will finally get round to telling you. So it was a roller coaster of a journey full of emotion and financial lessons. So on the emotional side, as I mentioned, my wife Leash had fallen in love with the house and it ticked a lot of the right boxes for me as well. The catch was it was up for auction. I hate the auction process and the auction was going to happen whilst we were away. So really not ideal. So the first dilemma was... Should we put in a pre-auction offer? And to decide on that, we had to really get to understand what a pre-auction offer really is. So based on our research, we worked out that in New Zealand, all estate agencies have predefined rules and protocols for how a pre-auction offer works. And they're all different. Unfortunately, we went into our first pre-auction offer believing that we could put in an offer on the condition that the house was withdrawn from the market if accepted. We quickly found out this wasn't part of the rules for the agency listing this particular house, which meant that we went in with a lower offer than originally planned at the last minute, as what would happen is that if the offer was accepted, the auction would be brought forward to only two working days after submitting the offer. So the thinking was that we would need some wiggle room, as we'd heard that another party had also had a building inspection carried out. So looking at the local market and the CV and the core logic valuation, we decided 735k would be a good lowish offer, but was rejected the day after. The agent did explain that the offer would need to be a showstopper, and to be fair, this was the same advice we had seen from groups on Facebook. So we slept on it, and the next day, whilst walking our dog, we decided that if we really want the house and we really don't want to go to the auction, we should put in a showstopper. Lisa and I originally agreed an offer of 770k, 10k above the CV in the Auckland market is very good, and then after picking up a KFC drive-thru, I asked Lisa how she'd feel if the offer was 780k. Thank you, Colonel Sanders. We both agreed we would feel more comfortable knowing that we'd have put our best foot forward, so we went back home, contacted the agent and requested to meet up to put in another offer. When we arrived this time, we were offered free coffees at the local coffee shop. So there's a little FI tip right there. If you want free coffees, put in a second offer. We explained that we understood a showstopper was required and that is exactly what we were willing to present. And after mixing up my words and saying 580 instead of 780, the agent was blown away 
and said that not only was this a good offer, but it should put anyone off at the auction that was going to be brought forward if the offer is accepted. So we left the office on our merry way to the coffee shop for our free coffees, very optimistic about the outcome of the offer that was about to be presented to the vendor. And after a short while, we went for a walk, and then the agent called Leash back. I could tell from Leash's reaction that something strange was going on. Despite the agent confirming to the vendor that we would not be attending the auction and this would be our best and final offer to bring the auction forward, the vendor was motivated to only sell after seeing the full marketing process out and they would only sell on the original date set for the auction. You see, the trouble was it wasn't about price for the vendor, it was about emotions. And to protect the vendor's privacy without giving away all the details on why the vendor wanted this to happen, they simply had it in their head that this was the way that their house was going to be sold. So now we were obviously gutted and told the agent that we would keep our offer open for two days in case the vendor changed their mind, which we did and they didn't which led us not to a mortgage dilemma this time, but an integrity dilemma. Should we attend the auction by phone, or could we use a proxy bidder, or do we honour what we said and not place a bid at the auction? The principles of the sunk cost fallacy I'd learnt on my MBA were also playing out, as we had invested time and money into building inspections and a legal review. From an MBA perspective, taking the emotions out of the decision making investment decisions should never consider costs that have already occurred i'm pleased to say that we didn't fall foul of the sunk cost fallacy and integrity did win the day leisha and i both agreed that for peace of mind and to be truly present on the other side of the world we would draw a line knowing that there might be a second chance if it didn't sell on auction day and if it did it wasn't meant to be Well, the day of the auction came, and it did sell, for less than we had offered. I have to admit that this was at first a bit hard to take, but we were philosophical about it, and we were able to use it as a learning curve. You see, on our trip, we stayed at two beautifully presented places, and it got us thinking about our own home at home. If we had bought this place, we would have to rent out our current home, And this was another reason for wanting to get the house bought before we went away. So we could organise the preparation and marketing of our house for rent before we got on the plane. Now obviously that didn't eventuate. But seeing these beautiful places in the UK got us thinking that given how things played out with the auction. We now have the time and a bit more money that would have been invested into a cost associated with taking on another property. To really get our house in order quite literally so when the next house we fall in love with comes to the market we are ready to make a move knowing that our current house will have no problems to be rented out or even sell if we choose it will give us plenty of options plus we'll get a lot more enjoyment from living at our current home in the meantime and this could be a long time you see one of the biggest learnings from this short roller coaster journey is that no matter what decision making you have to take there are always pros and cons Yes, I understand we went into the decision to buy a second property, weighing up these pros and cons, with the net result being that we should purchase that particular property. But a great life skill to understand that once all the cards have been dealt and the outcome is what it is and there's nothing that can be done about it and it has not gone your way, there is little point in focusing on what could have been. 
it is far more practical and healthy to focus on the cons that may have been and what are the pros now that we can't follow through on our plan. The biggest pros for us are that little Stella can walk to a new college and that we have the time and serenity to get our place up to standard for us to really enjoy it and rent or sell it when the time is right. The potential con of the place we missed out on was that the section was potentially still too small for our animals and it was adjacent to two roads, something for us to truly consider again when we next contemplate moving. I have to say our time in the UK couldn't have come at a better time. It was so good for reflection on all aspects of our lives and we have now arrived back in New Zealand with a refreshed outlook on how we would like things to play out at work and at home on our continued journey to financial independence. Regarding cost of the home, there are some investment decisions we need to make regarding furniture. As our current furniture was oversized and it would market much better with more practically sized furniture. So we want to get as much value out of these purchase decisions as possible. And a big part of that value formula is that we know our cats will scratch the living hell out of the furniture. So value has to include low cost, which means we should go for second hand for items that would cost large amounts brand new. For example, stuff like couches and chairs, cat scratching heaven, even repurposing items. During our time away, we also decided that we should change the way that we do our weekly shop to get this down even further. And I'll keep you updated on such decision making as we go forward with these weekly episodes. Finally, I know it has to be said that my prediction back in episode 1 about Wales winning the Rugby World Cup didn't exactly come to fruition, but they did do every Welsh person proud and I look forward to our third place playoff with the All Blacks tonight and the divided loyalties within my family for just this one night. This may produce yet another learning curve, but until next time, happy Friday. You've been listening to Happy Friday, and you're already a little bit richer. 